uh, yeah, I saw Lonnie last night. And, uh, yep, that's it. <laughs> and we were talking about, uh, Lonnie's going to share some stuff out of experiencing God from the crew that are doing that this week. And we give her a 40 minute time limit. So she'll, she'll be set to go. <laughs> Uh, I love, I love uh, your passion, Lonnie, and that, you know, the ideas that you come to aren't just ideas that, you know, you want to live a life of meaning and purpose and that the things that you're coming to, you're taking and sowing them and living them. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited to hear the things that have come out of the study for you this week with Experiencing God. And yeah, we'll just, we'll turn it over to you. Share, share with us something that's stuck out to you from uh, your study this week. Well, at the moment, where a bunch of the young crew is doing like um, experiencing God study, and mom and dad as well. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was just your birthday, Dad. That's true. Um. Anyway, so I was asked to just share. Um. I guess the impact that that's having, and yeah, it's been really, really cool for us. Um, especially, you know, those super young ones like, um, you know, Kai, I, Nelson, Shan. Shan's brought her friend Eva with us as well for the study, which is really cool. Um, this week was actually one of my favourite weeks. It is just week two. But um, I found it really, really powerful. It was basically talking about God-centred living. And um, it was talking about how in this world one of the most powerful things for me was day one and it said self-centeredness is a subtle trap because it makes sense from a human perspective and you know I thought about that a lot because especially in my generation as well like you get a lot of um sort of connotations of that basically endorse um self-centeredness self-centered living basically like you get that girl and self-growth and um in my working on myself era like that's all over social media past as well and it's it's definitely something that um is super encouraging as well it's like you know work on yourself and like make it all about yourself and work hard and all of that and so it was really interesting to see the perspective from the study of a god-centered life and it talked about um the parts of a God-centered life. And so I'll read some of them. It was like, places confidence in God, depends on God and his ability and provision, focuses on God and his activity, is humble before God, denies self, seeks first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, seeks God's perspective in every circumstance and chooses holy and godly living. And I was looking at that compared to the self-centered life, which is basically the opposite of that. And it's focused on self, is proud of self and self's achievements. And that in our world is sort of what is encouraged a lot of the time. <laughs> be, proud of, <laughs> be proud of your achievements, be proud of your actions. And, you know, it's all about self-centered living, basically. And so it's, from a human's perspective, it makes sense. And so it was really cool to be challenged on what God-centered living looks like and how I can put that into reality for my life. And yeah, it was just a, a challenging and yet really inspiring thing. And I think it also comes down to what the what other people think about us. And you know, we're constantly thinking about other people's opinions. And for me personally, like 
I haven't always been super careful about other people's opinions of me, but certainly in as I've grown up and certainly in my teenage years, it's something that is on your mind a lot, what people are thinking of you. Or you notice other people's actions and how they change in a room because of the people around them and they adapt to fit in and to be accepted. And, you know, in this week it talked about Moses and um, it talked about Noah and the ark and all these things that got asked these crazy, extraordinary things of ordinary people, which is something we just talked about in Kids Church as well. Um, and they went ahead and did, and did it, and other people had all these things to say about it, and yet they put God at the centre of their life, and they did what God had for them, rather than putting their desires and their self in front of that. Yeah, that is something that has happened and been sort of stirring up in our hearts doing experiencing God and yeah it's been really good to have lots of big thoughts in my mind because I'm very hungry for that and yeah it's good really cool um, what would you say like for you like like if you think about this idea uh, you know I think I think you know contrasting you know, a self-centered life versus a God-centered life. You know, such a powerful idea. And, um, you know, for you personally, like when you think at the moment in your world, in your life and things you're doing and what you find yourself, like what does the God-centered side of life look like? Like when you think about it in that way, you know, what's, how's that practical or what's that mean or what's that change? Well, for me, a really topical thing actually for all of us kids sort of is you know every single week and pretty much like I could say almost every day you get asked oh so what are you going to do when you're older like what are you planning for the future what do you want to do what are you like oh you're going to go study you're going to go to uni and all of that and you know I'm asked that multiple times a week and um I stress my friends out and my teachers out because I don't have a plan um because I know that what I have for me is not going to be what God has for me and it's not going to be his will for my life. And he is revealing like slowly things. Um, but that's the other thing that experiencing God was talking about in God-centered living and part of bringing that to your reality is he's only going to give you little bits. That's sort of just a pattern in like the Bible and also in people's lives from what I've heard in, in my own life. Mm. And it's like if he were to give me the full plan, I could tell people, yeah, I have a plan and do this, 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 and that would satisfy the people around me. Um, it would make them feel at ease about my life and my purpose and stuff. But really, when I say I don't have a plan yet, I do have a plan. I just don't know it. It's God's plan. And I guess that's what God-centered living is for me, especially at this age. It's just, yeah, my friends are always like, you don't have a plan, Lani. You need to get your, you know what, sorted. Like, seriously, like, you need to, you're going to go to uni and da 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 I'm like, And I'm like, I'm not interested in that. <laughs> I mean, maybe I will go to uni and maybe I will do whatever. But, yeah, I'm just trusting that he has a plan for me and I know that he does because he's mm. so good at it. I really love that. That's a great answer. I mean, I guess, I guess you do have a plan, you know. Your plan is just to follow Jesus. And I guess it takes room in your plan for that to be a reality. And it can feel a bit scarier. It can feel a bit, you know, upstream. But, yeah, you should be really proud of the way that you're positioning yourself for your future. 
you know, I think we're really proud of you. And yeah, those are those are great thoughts that challenge us this morning. Where in my planning is there room for following? Because a God-centered life has to have space for him to interrupt what I thought was the plan. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, the more we position ourselves for that is powerful. So thank you. That's amazing. Sure love you. <laughs> yes. Well, <clears throat> we came into we came into this week uh, going well. How, what? 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 You know, these 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 house mornings are going to look a little different. And you know, as I appreciate the uh, introduction of you know what Lila and I are going to bring, but there's little little on offer and much available this morning <laughs> if that makes sense you know i think that's kind of what these house mornings are about is you know creating some space for the voices in our circle here to you know speak to speak to some of the things and so anyways leela curtis and i all sort of took took a little bit of time to go well what should we talk about this week and and you know i really appreciated angie's response as james introduced the topic you know with a massive groan you know with a tongue-in-cheek of course but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think in a lot of ways, I'm done talking about hard times, if I can be honest. And uh, out of nowhere, sort of God used this, you know, phrase uh, for all three of us, Curtis, myself, and Leela. And so I felt really backed into a corner, but actually I'm receiving this today as something that, that I need. So, I mean, we're going to basically going to jump into a verse and I'll read it. Uh, I'll read it from the Amplified first. We're going to take some time this morning and look at it in the message, but I'm going to read it from the Amplified first. So it says, consider it nothing. This is James chapter one, verse two. I don't know that you have it in. I'm just going to get it out. Anyway, James chapter one, verse two. Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you fall into various trials, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. You know, I think, <clears throat> I think this, this hits me with this invitation to consider the trials or the difficult stuff or the hard things uh, joy. And, you know, I think, what this is suggesting is that th that the, the path to that is to acknowledge that it produces something. There is something good being produced. You know, it's like, it will do a hard thing when it's for a good outcome. You know, it's like, I'll go to the gym, as you can see, uh, infrequently. Why do you got that face, Sally? <laughs> no, we'll go to the gym, or Glenn will go to the gym and wound himself, you know, mortally. Uh, and because, you know, this is a hard thing to do, going to the gym, but we're doing it because there's an outcome. I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to have vitality. I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to have more energy. I'm going to look really, really good. And that's why I'm going to do this. And, you know, I think, I think when we can come to acknowledge what's being produced, you know, I think it's an interesting challenge to us to go hey consider it joy when you face the challenging things but you know like i'm not going to be able to do that i i need a i need this i need this somehow to be to be real that joy could be real in this and this morning we're just going to take some time and sit in that idea so we're going to kick it out to rooms to to talk specifically about that verse 
in the message version. And in the beginning of the message, which Curtis put up, it says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Consider it a gift. And so we're gonna we're gonna read that passage. We're gonna have a bit of a, a chat about that. And where do we see, you know, what is this, what does this theme bring out for us, or what does it bring to mind for us? Or what are the what are the pieces of the puzzle that come out of this for us? And where in scripture, where else in the stories of the Bible, where else in the people of scripture do we see this theme coming to life? Where do we see this playing out? That actually the hard things are the good things, and actually they are producing what I'm looking for. And the joy in the midst of this can be present because it's producing. So anyway, let's have a chat about that verse in our rooms. We'll, uh, we'll throw it out there for 15 minutes or so. And about where else we see this theme, where else in scripture or where else in biblical stories do we see this idea that James is talking about represented in our story? Cool. We'll throw it to rooms. We'll see you soon. Ah, well, we'll interrupt you. Yeah, it's, uh, I feel, I feel like here in our room, we've had some really life-giving conversation around this, this verse, and it feels like there's, uh, yeah, there's an invitation, or there's permission, you know, there's permission to begin to imagine that, uh, yeah, something, something good is coming, this thing, something's working, I'm not alone, um, yeah, but I think, you know, I think turning the corner towards how in the middle of a hard thing do we position ourselves for joy? You know, because so well and good for this verse to tell us that this is what we should be doing, or this is how it should be, or this is how it should be working. You should consider all these things. Like, well, I don't. Okay, I don't. So who does? Who's the person who does? Who has had an experience where the hard thing has been a joyful thing? And this week, um, quite unbeknownst to her, not even knowing the topic of the week, Leila said, I think I have something to share this week and I think it's on topic. So we'll throw it to you. Mm -hmm. hey? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just it's talk to the, talk okay. to the um, Yeah, I mean, I think the cool thing for me specifically, um, even in um, having something to talk about this week and it's not lengthy it's just a thought that I have that God was talking to me about is that he was talking to both myself and Brad and Curtis all about the same thing and somehow that just gives it more weight it's like oh like because Curtis and I are involved <laughs> is that what are you saying okay. <laughs> I'm sorry Curtis, it felt meaningful when he said it to me like in that moment I was like yeah like I feel like what I'm receiving right now isn't just my own thoughts but I'm receiving some gold from king from the kingdom and this feels really life-giving and then to hear that both Brad and Curtis are both hearing the same stuff um just made it feel um I think it just gave me more even like hope and feelings of peace in like yeah I can do hard things and they actually um, can benefit me and help me in what's to come because I've gone through the hard thing. Mm. Um, and my reflection specifically around going through hard things was though it's a complete joy and I love Ella so much, I've had so much anxiety around being a mum. It's like, seriously, there should be like a degree I have to get before... <laughs> 
<laughs> being allowed to do this it's crazy like I would just continually get stuck in these overwhelming emotions and thoughts of how is it that I'm just meant to know how to do these things like um and so that because of that there was just such anxiety of what might happen what could happen because what if I don't know what to do um and my thought was you know what I actually feel a whole lot less anxious and stressed uh, about doing things um about being a mum and and I was reflecting on that and I'm like you know I know that there is a lot more milestones to come there's I don't know that it ever ends but you know I'm just thinking potty training moving to a bed from a cot you know all these things but what I was recognizing is I don't feel that stress. I don't have that same fear and anxiety coming over me. And it doesn't mean that that might not be a tough scenario and there might not be hard things about it. But what I'm seeing is that, oh my gosh, look how many things that we've gotten through, like things that I was so anxious about, things that I was like, am, am I even going to know what to do? Um, we've gotten through it. And so I, I think it's going to be okay. You know, another example was flying. Oh my gosh. I'm like, what am I going to do with a busy, you know, toddler on a plane who does not sit still? Um, and there was such fear and anxiety around that. And then we went to um, New Zealand. We had flight flown before, but she was little, so not the same. Um, and we flew and we got through it and it was fine. Like, I mean, there were hard things about it, but it's like, oh, we got through it. So then coming back um, was probably even harder, to be honest, like just for whatever reasons, she was a bit more active. And um, but I had this confidence that like, but it'll be OK. Like, I'm not feeling like this is going to take me out. I'm not feeling like this is um, we're not, I knew we'd get through it because I'd gone through it before, you know, and so. I guess the thing that I'm starting to see and what God was showing to me, showing me is how, how when I go through hard things, um, it it helps me recognize that I can I can go through hard things, um, and the thing that I guess in the moment I was seeing too was that well, what what. And we've all gone through many hard things, I'm sure. We could all look back and reflect on a million things that we got through that were difficult. But when we're faced with a hard time in the moment, we don't typically go, oh, let's go and think about all the hard things because that might help me for right now. Um, but what I was, I guess, connecting was actually if I rely on and, and look back and rely on my past experience, it could actually help me for my present moment. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's something I'm sort of, yeah, going to God and going, well, yeah, help me see the times that I have gotten through that might help me for this specific moment that might give me the confidence or might give me the peace um, or might give me the perseverance to go, yeah, it's hard, but I think actually I can get through it and I'm not going to get um, stuck in this in this hard time. And um, I actually went and did Thrive the next day and it was also pretty crazy because it was talking about the exact same thing, you know, about actually going through hard things um, you know, if we if we could reflect on times that we've gone through a hard experience, 
that that could really help us in our present moment. And the verse that, um, oh, yeah, Ella wants me to play the guitar. <laughs> um, the verse that it talked about in Thrive was Philippians chapter 4, um, verse 8. Um, and it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Um, yeah, and it's just basically saying, yeah, the same principle. Like what if instead of thinking about, um, you know, getting stuck in fear of what might happen and getting stuck in a place of like this is, this might be too much for me. This might be too hard. What if I stopped and reflected on things that were life-giving, that were true, um, that were, yeah, life-giving and brought me peace? It's like, oh, I can reflect on this hard time and that's going to give me what I need for this hard thing that I'm in right now instead of getting stuck in, yeah, feelings and thoughts um, that aren't really helping me in my current situation anyways. Um, they're just defeating me. Um, Yes, I I think there's a question maybe that yeah. we thought we could all, yeah, um, maybe break off into groups and maybe talk about or reflect on personally, like what are some hard things that we've all, that maybe you can remember um, going through that has produced um, something good, that has, mm -hmm. you can see something good that's come out of that. Um, yeah, I think. I think, it's a, I think it's a really powerful idea that you're talking about, mm -hmm. like that possibly my previous victories could afford me a position of seeing this difficulty as a gift. Mm -hmm. This is really, that's the, that's the framing of the message first. It's like, consider all these challenges and consider all these difficulties a gift because they're producing something good. And it's like, when I can remember the things, you know, what you're saying is when I get on my stories that prove that true, Mm -hmm. You know, if I have a story that proves that true and that becomes my confidence in this challenge, maybe joy becomes accessible because I remember what came out of it before. Like, I feel like we've said that a lot of times, even you and I, like, hey, we've been here before. Mm -hmm. We've been here before where we didn't know how we we're going to pay for our bills or we've been this there before when we didn't have a plan for next month or we've been there before where things seemed like they didn't look good but God was saying it's good, mm. you know, we've been here before and look how it played out. You know, I can remember one time, you know, I was out on a walk and I was having a big rant to God about all the things that I was stressed about and all the things, this was a couple of years ago now, uh, it could have been yesterday, let's be real, mm. but it, this particular time was, I was walking up the hill and uh, I was having a big rant and he said, Brad, can, can, can you just, can you, can you stop for a minute and can you think about all the times that you felt this way before because it was a very feelings-based experience i was fearful i was uncertain i was anxious and he said can you stop and think about it i was like oh gosh like i've been here a million times and he said and how did it play out and then i stopped and i pulled up a couple of those files and i went okay well you came through and that went good and that was amazing and he said and don't you think i'm gonna again and it was like, whoosh, I felt excited. All of a sudden I felt like, okay, 
I'm okay. This is okay. You're doing something good again. You're here. I felt this way before. I've been here before. I've faced challenges before and you haven't let me down. Okay. So now I'm just getting ready for another story to come. I'm just getting ready for another file to be produced. And I think my most treasured files in life are the victories through challenge. And I don't want to be robbed of my next one of those. I want to find myself anticipating it and expecting it. And I think that's the invitation of this verse. Hey, this is producing something good. Trust me. It might not feel that way, but have you felt this way before? And how did it play? And I think, man, you know, when you came out and you said, this is the things I've been thinking about. I was like, you know, I don't think we just want to sit here and talk about the should of joy. I think we want to release the could. Could we? And and so I think let, let's, let's throw it out to our rooms, like Leela said, and... You know, straight up, these questions are out of Thrive from this month, the, you know, habit builder stuff. You know, the first question, you know, says, have you seen a friend or a family member? Maybe inverse it, do it, do it whichever way you want. But, you know, have you gone through something difficult that produced something good or positive? You know, what's the time where you face something hard and something positive came out of it? Or do you know someone that's faced a challenge, a family member, a friend, someone close to you who's faced something hard and you watch something great come out of it? Let's take a minute in our rooms and just think about those moments in our life. And if we feel comfortable, let's share a few of them around and let's imagine how this might help us access James chapter one. So, mm -hmm. cool. Wow. <clears throat> Wow. 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 <laughs> oh, we got, we got the, the back of Az's head. That's good. Good to see you. Well, I'll trust you guys in some good discussions. You know, we, uh, yeah, we had a chance to share some stories in here. And I can feel even for myself, like, horizon in this conversation. I can feel like, um, yeah, it's a powerful reminder that, um, you know, I think I think when you've been through hard things before and it's gone well or produced good things or you came through or you're stronger because of it or it left something good behind, you're reflecting back on that. So life-giving. I really love something Allie shared in her room sort of at the beginning where she was saying, you know, like, I'm not kind of an early, because I was actually thinking as we were sort of sharing about this, I was thinking, I wonder how this plays for like, you know, Lonnie or Cooper or uh, Sean, you know, in a, in a different stage of life. You know, but I really like something you said, Ali, where you said, like, in an early stage of kind of encountering all that life's going to bring, um, you know, you were sort of referencing um, your parents and the people around your parents and um, the life you've been living in the, and the stories you've been exposed to of a God that's met and come through and provided and helped. And um, that, that, this, that there's something about hearing one another's stories that becomes our files for the future as well you know like i think i think sometimes when we're going through something difficult and we find someone who's been there before their story can be such an encouragement to the place we find ourselves because i think sometimes in the difficulties we face we pick up a fear that's you know uh that that something's wrong and this isn't okay and, and the fear that comes says, it's not going to be okay, or I'm not going to be okay, or we're not going to be okay. And I think, you know, the, the um, wording in, in Romans chapter one, uh, you know, that says, um, you know, don't give up prematurely, 
um, you know, let this have its work, you know? I think when, even in someone else's story, we can go, it's working to produce something good or, or in my stories of the past, this moment has produced something of value before and I know I'll come through and it'll overcome something. So uh, yeah, life giving in that. But I want to read another, another verse and um, I'm gonna take a minute and just sort of reflect on this inside of a, a worship song. But um, yeah, the passage is Romans chapter five, verse, two to five, um, it says, through him, we also have access by faith into this remarkable state of grace in which we firmly and safely and securely stand. Let us rejoice in our hope and the confident assurance of experiencing and enjoying the glory of our great God, the manifestation of his excellence and power. And not only this, but with joy, let us exult in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships knowing that hardship, distress, and pressure, trouble, produces patient endurance, and endurance, proven character, spiritual maturity, improving character, hope, and confident assurance of eternal salvation. Such hope in God's promises never disappoints us because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I feel like inside of this, you know, at the beginning of this, it starts with this idea of having access to this faith and standing in this secure, safe place of grace. You know, like that's just a, that's a beautiful place to come to recognize when I'm facing challenges, you know, that I, it's not up to me to overcome this. I'm, there's a safety and security that comes in knowing that my dad's got this. You know, when I position myself in that place, um, you know, if you remember as a young man starting to drive and starting to do things, you know, just the satisfaction of being able to pick up the phone and call my dad. There was a safety and a security in knowing that I wasn't facing what I was facing alone. And grace has accomplished that for us. It's the safe and secure place that we stand in the challenges. And he goes on to say, you know, let us rejoice, you know, find this and, 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 and find joy even in the difficult things because this is producing of the endurance, the character, and it's leading to hope. And, you know, I think in some senses we can go, well, isn't there another way, you know, like, or can't we do without these things? Uh, you know, but the truth is the life that we're living, uh, you know, I think, I think there's no mystery, you know, God didn't say that this was going to be an easy path, you know, but, but I think God is forming in his people what's required to live the greatest life that we could fathom or imagine. And when we position ourselves to trust him, you know, we can find his presence producing joy in whatever it is we face. And when we are those who have faced difficulty before and then something of joy is accessible in going up to something here. There's something good happening, you know? It's, uh, uh, Ella has this fish book and, and, you know, you read through this whole book and it's, you know, fish and colors and whatever, but at the end of the book, you know, one of the fish is a sad fish. Oh, the red fish was sad because he had, his friends weren't there. And then you turn the page and it was like, it's a surprise party for this fish and all the fish have little hats on and the fish has this incredibly joyful moment, you know, uh, because he didn't see what was coming. He was sad, but if he knew what was coming there was a great surprise awaiting him. And I sort of think about that in relation to this, like 
We find ourselves in emotional experiences in the middle of hard things because we don't fully see what's coming. But when we've seen our God come through before, in the middle of our hard things, we can take faith that something good's coming. You know, and my stories of the past and your stories of the past are powerful tools in accessing that joy in that moment. So let's take, we're going to take a minute and, um, yeah, uh, worship together and kind of reflect on this anticipation that can come. Uh, you know, and, and I'm really glad that when we all go through things at, at different times, that there are uh, exciting victories happening in life, that there are passionate places of productivity, you know, and in the mix of that, there's also hard things. And wherever you find yourself in the mix of that framework this morning, you know, is, is a good thing. But um, in this song, you know, this is, this song's do it again. And, you know, there's just a confidence that can rise in the things we find ourselves where the whole story hasn't played, that God's at work. And this is working if he's here. And uh, let's just take a, a minute to reflect for ourselves on what we're applying that to this morning as we worship. So. Well, let's just pray. Father, we just thank you that you write good stories. We thank you that this is a place that you are. We thank you that there's nothing we face that you won't meet us in. And we thank you that we are surrounded by uh, those who have uh, testimony of your goodness. So would you let joy rise in the things we face today, tomorrow, this week? Yeah, we thank you for the opportunity to reflect on who you are and uh, the the way my own feelings or interpretation of the situation and circumstance let me down. So, Father, would you come and just rise up vision for this family today? Would you come just give us uh, the hope that our hearts need to find the path that you've intended for us? So we thank you that this is a good place, that this is a, a place you are meeting us and joining us, where you are working and establishing Father, we want to see your work finished. So would you come just encourage our hearts this morning as we continue to seek you. And we thank you for these truths and we ask that minister life into this week. In your name, amen. Amen. amen.